Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Sarah Scott, who is featured in Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. Sarah is a chef, author, and wine and food consultant. Sarah, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Michelle. Tell us, who is Sarah Scott? (laughs) Oh, hard questions. (laughs) Right off the bat. Well, what can I say? (laughs) Well, Sarah Scott um, is a transplanted Southerner uh, to California. I've lived here longer than I lived in the South, so I consider myself a Californian. Um, I've lived in the Napa Valley the entire time I've been here, uh, going on 40 years, and I have had an incredible career in the wine and food business, Um, cooking for wineries, uh, working with top vintners, sommeliers, masters of wine on wine and food pairing and consulting. I feel like I've gotten to play a role uh, in this valley in wine and food and be a part of an incredible community here. So Sarah Scott is, she's the heart of food and wine. Yes, I feel like that's that's (laughs) been my focus here. I also, I love my community here. Um, I have so many incredible friends, not only in the wine and food business, but just in this valley in general. I'm a book lover. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Francophile. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I treasure that I'm from the South, and I love to visit there, and I'm glad that I'm from there. I feel like I bring a lot of what I grew up uh, there with me, including a palate, I think a palate for delicious food. And I I was raised on that. And it kind of informs what I do today. And we're going to talk about you personally here in a little bit. But but I like that, that, you, you know, from where, you know, being from the South still influences who you are today. And let's talk about your career. What was your first professional job? Do you remember? Sure. Um, it was selling books at a bookstore in Atlanta where I worked for six years. Oh, wow. And uh, I am a book lover. You look around my home, you'll see a lot of books here. (laughs) But that was actually something I wanted to do. I I loved the publishing industry, I loved bookstores, and I wanted to go into that, and I ended up studying journalism. Um, So that's where I thought I was going. That was the direction I thought I was moving. So your career definitely has evolved significantly since then. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> um, but you are an author, so you you took that experience and and took your love of food and wine and created a book. Yes, that was an incredible dream uh, come true, and I got to co-author on the book. It's called The Wild Table: Seasonal Recipes for Foraged Food. So Connie Green and I. Uh, 
did this book together. She's a master forager in Napa Valley. And I created all the recipes in the book. And it was an incredible process. Two years it took. I had no idea (laughs) what it took to put a book out. But it was incredibly rewarding. And um, we're very proud of that book. What did you learn most about yourself during that process? I have to say, I think it was just sticking with it, meeting a deadline. You don't have a lot of wiggle room with it. Uh, when a publisher's got a publishing date and they've got production and you know people are lining up to work on this book, you've got to get the work in, as you probably know. <laughs> right. So it was just really knuckling down and achieving that, and it felt really good because it wasn't easy. Before you wrote that book, you had this, and you continue to have this amazing career, but you you worked for a couple for many, many years. Um, I won, I'm wondering if, if that couple was your big break in your career. Are you talking about the Mandavi? <laughs> I am. I'm wondering if, if they were the ones, Robert if you, yeah, if you consider them as um, instrumental and in, in kind of providing you like your big break into the culinary and wine industry. For sure, definitely. So I moved to Napa in 79. So, you know, this wine and food kind of um, thing that took off in the 80s was just beginning. And I moved here and started cooking and, you know, didn't know cooking was going to be a career for me. And I started a catering business. <laughs> Very bold of me because I was kind of learning to cook as I went along, but I had worked with some people and I thought, you know, if they could do this, I can do this. <laughs> and um, so I started catering and that's where I first met Robert and Margaret Mandavi. And I was doing events for different vintners, different um, uh, private people in the valley and they were be they would be guests at these dinners and I can remember Mr. Mandavi coming back to the kitchen and going you know who who's back here cooking you know <laughs> and he he actually would come into the kitchen and wanted to see who was preparing his food and he and he loved it which was a really um boost for me you know that really was a confidence uh that gave me a lot of more confidence and um, so I would continue to encounter them both over the next couple of years and then I actually began to start doing catering for them privately you know more more kind of private smaller events up at Wapo Hill where they lived and I just I don't know that that was such an inspiration for me so we started our relationship there and they were very encouraging um, and I was I was inspired. I just wanted to be <laughs> the kind of chef that you know would could live up to what you know their expectations or what I thought they were. And then the opportunity came to work at the winery after my catering company, and that was just an incredible. I feel like that everything increased kind of exponentially. Then I was I was given so many opportunities, so much encouragement. Um, I would be actually terrified (laughs) at times, you know, because I was still kind of on a learning curve. 
and um, but a fast one, but fast <laughs> one. You know, it was like being thrown in the pool. And um, I can remember Margaret Mandavi questioning everything I did. You know, not not in a bad way, but just you know, what? Where's this ingredient from? Why are you preparing it like this? Why did you put it on the plate like that? And I would have to have a good answer. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And it, um, but it pushed me and it made me grow and it made me become a better chef. And because of all the chefs that were coming to the winery at that time during the Great Chefs cooking program, I got to work alongside with them. So I was, I had this amazing opportunity to learn from the best chefs in the world at that time. And many of them are still three-star Michelin chefs in France and then the top chefs in this country, too. So I would spend time with them and learn from them. So I was just given this incredible, um, eclectic kind of opportunity. Um, and I would never have had that if I had never met them um, and if they hadn't kind of taken a chance on me. That's how I feel. Very, very grateful for that. Well, I think it's amazing since you weren't, I mean, you were a journalism major and you really didn't have a background, a culinary background. Well, well, not, yeah, you're right. I had never. A professional culinary background. Exactly. I had not worked in, hadn't worked in restaurants. I hadn't done that. I I cooked my whole life. So I think it's amazing that you created a catering company. You were successful at it, clearly. Yes, it <laughs> and, and <laughs> probably the business part. I learned every lesson the hard way. But what I what I did learn was that um, I, I could do this. I had a gift for it and a love for mm-hmm. it. And that first business um, gave me the opportunity to to you know put my food out there to meet people to connect with people. I had worked at um, a restaurant just briefly before that, a place called Cuisine Renaissance, with some incredible um, cooks, and the owners of that were um, also instrumental in me just beginning to learn what, you know, to work in a kitchen and to to get, you know, feel for it. When you reflect on your past, are you in awe of where you've been and (laughs) wonder what's ahead? You know, I, I guess I look back and think that I could never have planned this. I could never, I, I'm not the kind of person that goes, okay, in five years, I'm going to be here. I'm going to, you know, do this, this, and this, and that's where I'm going to be. I, I've always kind of gone with my gut feeling. I, I've taken leaps of faith several times, right. um, not knowing what would happen. So I just look at, I look back and I think, wow, you know, I've had so many amazing opportunities that I would never have imagined. And I, I worked hard, you know, it's not that I (laughs) wasn't working hard all along and continuing to learn and and um, grow. Um, But I just think that it was amazing. Yeah, and it still is. I mean, I continue to work with many of these many of these clients wineries people that i've worked with for years and i just treasure these long relationships that we've had as well is there someone um another chef that inspired you along the way you know i would say 
there's there's probably two of them. Um, Thomas Keller is one um, who I got to meet when I was working with Robert Mondavi during the Great Chefs program, and um, having the opportunity to work kind of next, you know, alongside next to him uh, in the kitchen during those cooking classes. Um, I I just saw someone who, not only is he incredibly gifted at what he's doing, but there's this sense of, uh, you know, finesse and attention, precision, that um, I think is incredible. I admire that. You, you don't see that a lot, you know, and it takes that kind of um, focus and I'm going to say precision again because that's that's what it is that makes him who he is and and you know the reputation and the restaurants that he has and the other person that I got to work with um, I mean there were so many um, but that I've also gotten to go then and work next to is Alice Waters um, a different approach she, you know she's so much more about the ingredients and the um, the flavors and just, uh, you know, I worked at Chez Panisse just like on two different times for a week each time, just like a little stage, you know. Yes. But I was always amazed each time at the skill level in that kitchen, the chefs also precision, uh, focus, attention to what they're doing, um, and then this respect for the ingredients, you know, making sure they are the best you can get, and then the preparations al allow those ingredients to just shine. So I feel like I, I've been influenced by both of those. I mean, I've, I've worked, you know, I got to work with Julia Child. I mean, she's incredible. And of course her books um, were a big part of my learning curve. Jacques Pepin is incredible. You know, just a wonderful teacher, just this joy he has in the kitchen and, um, so there's there's a lot of people, but like I said, I think those two, Thomas Keller and Alice Waters, at this point, really inform. I don't know. I'm not Thomas Keller, <laughs> but you know what? I aim for those. I aim for both of their kind of uh, the standards that they uphold. Well, I think that those are two great chefs to aspire to be, and I think you're not far behind. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Thank you top moments of your career so far hmm. wow well you know I would say um, the the years at at Robert Mondavi winery were just amazing I think those years you know they were during the 90s kind of late 80s through the 90s into the early 2000s were a were an incredible time in this country even uh, for for food, for wine. And I feel like they were at this cutting edge um, in that arena. And those of us who worked at that winery got to be a part of that. You know, not only Great Chefs Cooking School, I mean, they were bringing in the top people, but, you know, the concerts, you know, bringing in these incredible artists and musicians. And, you know, I got to cook for them. I got to meet them. Um, I got to travel for them as a spokesperson, as a chef on the road, and I would travel with um, the Mandabis to Europe or to Asia and 
we would do these incredible promotions with the wine and food. I mean, my they just <laughs> made my world so big. And um, it was just, it was so great to be a part of that. Um, I, th- I think it was a special time and place um, that uh, is what it was. So I feel really fortunate to have been part of that. When will you feel you've reached success? Well, I feel like, I feel like I've had a lot of success mm-hmm. up to this point. And um, like I said, I'm very grateful for that. Um, I have my own business now doing, um, you know, smaller scale events. Um, I like to kind of keep the level, the quality of what I was doing at Robert Mondavi um, and do it on a smaller scale for winery clients, private clients. So I feel that that feels like a great um, part of my business. You know, I've expanded into doing consulting and wine and food consulting. That's been kind of my whole uh, well, the back foundation of, of what I've been doing is is um, working with wine and food. So I get to continue to share that. Uh, I don't. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done yet. <laughs> no, you've got too much. Too much. Yeah. More to do. Right. And I writing is something that's important to me. Yes. And so I've always written. I've I write for myself. When I first moved to Napa, I was doing some journalism. I mm-hmm. was doing that. But, but I have some writing projects that I'm working on. Um, some are food-related. Some aren't. Um, so that's an area that I'm, I want to continue to grow and learn. And uh, I don't know, one day put something out there. <laughs> so I would hope for success with that. <laughs> Want more on today's interview? Purchase Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. It's available on our website at winecountrywomen.com. Well, let's talk about you personally now. We are sitting in your home, which is darling. It's very, <laughs> it's very charming. But as you alluded to early on, you're from the South. Yeah. Where? Why don't you tell folks uh, where you are from? I grew up in Atlanta. Yes. And lived there until 1979 when I graduated from college. And then I moved out here. And what specifically drew you to wine country? Because I'm not sure I really know that. So here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal? The deal is I kind of got here by <laughs> just happenstance. You just got on a plane and said, oh, let's well, go. <laughs> we got in the car. I was. Oh, car. okay. Let's drive. <laughs> I was, you know, doing a cross country trip with a boyfriend and um, we just hopped in the car from Atlanta and drove west. And he, he, I later married him, and then we later divorced. divorced. So at that time, <laughs> though, we were living together. So he got a job teaching out here, and that was in Fairfield. Okay. So when we came to look for a place to live, we thought, oh, Fairfield, maybe there's something, you know, different. 
so we came over to Napa and it was like this this place is cute yes <laughs> this is so <laughs> I know there's so many people who come here very specifically you know to be in Napa but for me it was like well it's you know this is a sweet little town I think I've heard of it <laughs> so. well compared to Fairfield yes <laughs> yes yes it was preferable um but I know I feel now when I realize, you know, where I had stumbled into, um, I'm a little embarrassed by that because it makes for a good story, though. It's yeah. honest. Yeah. It's honest. And I like that. So as I said, we're in your home. How yep. would you describe your your decor? OK, my my decor is kind of very much about um surrounding myself with things that I love mm -hmm. um so I have a lot of books you haven't seen my office but there's a ton of cookbooks <laughs> and things in there yes I see several uh yeah several shelves of books <laughs> a lot of books above the fireplace <laughs> and also I mean I have a little tchotchkes in here yes. but almost everything has some meaning to me mm -hmm. either it's there I have things in here from my mother's home in Atlanta. I have things of my grandmother's. I have things that dear friends have given me, things I've bought when I've traveled. I like uh, color, as you can see. I kind of, <laughs> I have, um, I like kind of bold colors. I have pictures in my window, as you can see. <laughs> It's a drinking pictures. Yeah, lots. Yes. I have a big kind of uh, window that looks out. Um, has a, a lot of different uh, panes in it. So I, I kind of collect certain things, and pictures are one of them. So I, I kind of like vintage things, too. You'll probably notice that. Um, it's more about, for me, it's about being comfortable and creating a place where if someone walks in here, they feel comfortable, like it's a real home. Um, it's cozy. so it's personal to me it's a it's personal the way that I arrange things and here are the things that I have it does feel personal and comfortable and cozy and biting I would go with all of those yeah. descriptors <laughs> do you have a hobby well other than cooking yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is, I would consider your profession right not well, a hobby I study French that's something mm -hmm. I've been doing for a while um, and why are you studying French well I was lucky when I did work with Robert Mondavi to to go to France for my work um, that was about 20 years ago and I remember I had not been before and I got there and just fell in love with it. And I thought, I, I need to know what's happening here. I need to know what people are saying, <laughs> how I'm going to communicate. So I came home and immediately started taking French. And I just, I've been doing that ever since because I love to travel and I try to go there as much as possible. Um, so that's, that's a hobby. Obviously, reading is a hobby. Um, Last book you read? Last book I read. Uh oh, because there's a <laughs> lot have, of books. I know I've got <laughs> several. Um, you mm. have to. You have to have an answer for this. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> See, this is one of these ones that stumps me because. Are you reading one right now? I am 
am reading one right now. What are you reading right this minute? Oh my God. What's at your bedside? It's by my ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's um, s- uh, Scent of the Drunken Flower. You heard I it think here. That's what it Scent is. Scent of the Drunken Flower. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Don't let this be the takeaway okay, of this interview, if- folks. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this question. We are in wine country, so I have to yes. ask, what do you drink at home? Chardonnay. Chardonnay is your go-to. <laughs> Chardonnay. Do you have, um, I know it's putting you on the spot, but do you have one or two go-to Chardonnays? I love Dariush. Mm-hmm. I, I do love too. their Chardonnay. It's so tropical. Yeah, yeah. And another one I love is Newton. Mm, I haven't had theirs for in a while. So delicious. These are both um, wineries I've gotten to, I've worked with and, you know, done wine and food pairing, um, recipe development and uh, projects for them. And I love those wines. Very good. Is there advice that you would give someone that says, I want to get into the culinary industry. I'm sure you probably have <laughs> heard that once or twice. Yeah. Well, I, how can I say that? I, I feel like, you know, I didn't go necessarily a traditional path. I didn't go to cooking school. I didn't, like I said, I wasn't aiming in this direction. But I would say that, I mean, that's, that's a good option for people who really know they want to go into this because, um, one, you're going to, you're going to learn a lot in a concentrated amount of time. Um, you'll probably do like an externship where you can go work in a kitchen and then you'll find out if you really like this business. Um, because I think that's, that's an important thing. There's people who, who look from the outside and they feel like they'd like to be in the cooking business or the culinary world and get into a restaurant or situation and it's not for them. It's a, and it, restaurants weren't for me. So I found my path in catering and, you know, working as a winery chef. Um, but I'm not a restaurant person and there are people that are. So, you know, if, if you don't go to school, then I would say, you know, get a job, you know, like get a job if you can, you know, working with a caterer or someone, um, try to get some experience. Uh, And just be very willing, you know, a kitchen, um, it's not an easy place to be. So it's, it's a hard place to bring, you know, an attitude (laughs) or a sense of entitlement, because that's not what it's about. You know, it's a lot of hard work and teamwork. So I would say try to check it out in whichever area you, you know you'd want to be in and see if it's actually for you and then and then go for it whether it's school or getting a job somewhere. And for you what's the best part of living in the Napa Valley? Well, like a day like today <laughs> which is so gorgeous. Um I mean sometimes I just drive up this valley. I mean I've lived here, you know, <laughs> for so long. But I still don't tire of just driving up Silverado Trail from Napa, go all the way to Calistoga, and then just drive down the other side because it is so gorgeous um, at any time of the year. You know, so it's a physically beautiful place. But I also feel um, 
that this this community of people who live here, not only in the wine and food business, but just in this community in general, are are incredible people. You know, it's a they pitch together and they take care of each other when things happen. You know, the fires last year, or something like the the wine auction that benefits you know, the hospitals and the medical programs. I mean, there's a lot of that um, community uh, involvement and a, and a community that takes care of it, takes care of people here. Um, and there's just so much creativity. Uh, I, I love being a part of that. And um, there's just, <laughs> there's a lot, you know, there's more, I mean, but but those are some of the most important things, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap things up with what I like to call five quick questions. So, Sarah, the idea here is not to give it a lot of thought. <laughs> so, you ready? Yes. Okay. What kind of car do you drive? So, I drive my trusty Subaru Outback. All right. What designer brand do you wear the most? I would say Eileen Fisher. Okay, what's your favorite dinner spot right now? Right now, I think it's Mimi Nashi in Napa. Where was your last vacation? To France. Who did you last write a handwritten note to? I wrote a note to one of the clients, one of my favorite clients that I work for. Okay, there you go. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. On behalf of Wine Country Women, I'm Michelle Mandreau. Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.